Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing today, huh? Is everyone good? Man, welcome to Easter Sunday right here at TC, and we are so honored that all of you have chosen to be with us. I know we have tons of family and guests here with us, but we want to let you know that from the bottom of my heart, I know I speak for all of our pastors when I say that we're honored you have chosen to be with us today. We pray that you leave very blessed. I was tempted to shut the power off right after worship and play an April Fool's joke, but we're just not going to do it, all right? So, uh, but... Let's, let's, uh, I want to talk to you just for a brief second about what you got on the way in the door. On the way in the door, you've got a worship guide, and inside of that is our sermon notes. It's a giving envelope and, uh, and a number of other things. But more importantly, if you would, I would like you to take that Connect card out for just a second that hopefully, prayerfully, you got on the way in the door. I just want to briefly cover that for you because um, there's some stuff on there that's, that we only do at Easter. And there's a section that has an A, B, C, and D checkbox. All right, and the, uh, what we want you to do is I want to give you that real quick so you can check the appropriate box for you. All right, everyone's turning one in today. I don't care if you've been here for 10 years. Well, you can't have, but been here for five years. Uh, uh, we want you to turn one in. So the, if the A box is uh, you're saying, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. My life belongs to him, and I'm passionately following him. That's the A box. The B box is I believe in God, um, but I'm still trying to navigate what my faith looks like. The C box is I don't believe in God, but I am interested and I would like to try to continue more uh, and knowing more. The D box is I'm not interested. My wife drugged me here and I don't care about any of y'all. All right. So, um, so check the appropriate box for us. All right. On the back side of that Connect card is, uh, is a list of topics. And in September, we do a series every year called You Asked For It. And maybe you're still new to this. And, and I know when I grew up in church, uh, there was a lot of times the pastor was preaching about stuff that I did not care about and it was not relative to me, okay? We want to try to hit on a few things that may be important to you. So this is your opportunity to tell us a few topics that you might like to hear a sermon on. Um, and so on the back side, you can check the box of whatever topic fits for you. There's also a slot where you, it says other. So you can actually write in uh, a, whatever topic you might have. Uh, and, and we're going to tally up the highest ones and we're going to do some sermons on those. And, and we'll actually email you um, and let you know when that sermon is coming up so that you can come out and be a part of it. All right. So just do us a favor, fill it out. And then the rest of the con uh, connect information, we'd love to have that. And at the end of the service, you can just drop it in the offering bucket. And uh, we have what we call our hassle-free guarantee. We're not coming to your house with a box of cookies. All right. I promise we're not going to scare you in the middle of whatever. All right. So uh, we, wanna, we want you to know that uh, we're not going to like hassle you with your information. We're not going to bombard you. We want to respect your privacy, but we want to give you some information. Can you guys do that for me? Awesome. All right. So let's get straight into what we have for today. Today, Easter this year is called the greatest showman. And before I go any further, I absolutely cannot and will not move this service along without giving a shout out to our worship team, our production team, and all those that have worked so hard this week. Man, we love all of you guys. They put in a lot of work, and uh, uh, man, we love you guys, and you're awesome. We love our dream team, the ones that make the show happen. You're awesome. My staff, a special shout-out to everyone on staff here at TC. You're all rock stars. All right. So listen, let's get in today. The series or the, the week today is called The Greatest Showman. Turn to your neighbor and say The Greatest Showman. All right, so The Greatest Showman, how many guys saw the movie? Anyone see the movie, The Greatest Showman? Awesome movie. I have realized there are two different groups of people when it comes to this movie. Those that have seen it and loved it, those that haven't seen it and don't know that they love it yet. All right, it's a phenomenal film. You're going to love it. Go watch it, okay? But 
with the greatest showman, uh, it kind of breathed an idea into me that uh, the greatest showman was impressive, but at the end of the day, the greatest show on earth wasn't under a tent and it wasn't at a circus. It was when somebody resurrected the dead to pay a price for the people that he loved so much. The greatest show on earth was when Jesus defeated everything so that you and I could be made whole. Come on, somebody. That Jesus... Is the end all be all. And so uh, I don't know about you, I've got some stuff in my past that if I could get rid of, I'd like to do that. Where y'all at? Anybody on that list? Okay, good. We in the right church. The rest of y'all ain't figured it out yet, but you will. All right. So the greatest showman, let's get straight into it. Take your notes out. We should get ready into those. And what we're going to do is we're going to preach this today. We're going to teach this today in the way that a show would be laid out, right? So there's going to be the teaser, then there's going to be acts, right? And uh, for those of you that remember, if you went and saw a play, they would have act one, act two, act three, right? Sorry, young people, back before movies, right? You would go see a play and they would do an act, but then they have to go change their clothes and they would come back and they would do another act and they would have to change the set and they would come back. And I know it sounds like a big deal. It was, all right? Netflix on your iPhone from your bed is a lot easier than it used to be to go see a play. But all that to say, we're going to kind of do this in Acts because there were monumental moments along the journey that Jesus lived out that have changed the face of our lives. And we're going to have a look at that today, all right? The first one is the teaser, right? The teaser. And the teaser is the promise. The promise. And when the teaser came, they made a promise. And years before Jesus ever came uh, to the earth, there was a promise made, and it came out of the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For to us a child is born. And this is, this is before Jesus ever comes, but they're talking about him, and he's going to come. A child is born, to us a son has been given, and the government will sit on his shoulders. In other words, he will be influential in the government, but not the worldly government like you and I would think, right? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many guys, for those of you that are believers, would, would admit that you, maybe you've gone and talked to someone about your problems. Maybe you've gone through some things in life. You've tried to talk to people, but when Jesus stepped on the scene, he changed some things for you that nobody else could help you out with. Come on, somebody. Like, He's the wonderful counselor, right? He's a mighty God, the everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace. I don't know about you, but I've come through seasons in my life where I was restless. I would lay in my bed and I was angry because I, I couldn't figure out what God wanted to do with my life. And I, was, I wasn't happy about the way my life was going. But only Jesus can be the prince of peace to your life. And if you're, you're looking for peace and joy and hope, then there's only one place that can be found, and it's Jesus. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Jesus, you see, he opened a door that no man can open. Here's the deal. We've all admitted that we've blown it, right? We're going to admit that a few more times throughout the day, so I hope you're good with it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've messed up. Now, if your spouse is sitting next to you, they're going, yeah, I know. I was there the whole time. I saw it. I was there, all right? You ain't got to tell me. But I've blown it. I've messed up, Right? But Jesus came on the scene, and when he came on the scene, what he did is he opened a door that no man could open. Because Jesus, in his perfection, opened the door to grace in your life. Because I've messed up and because you've messed up, we don't have the ability to be with God. But when Jesus came to this earth, as we're going to see in just a minute, he opened up a door. He opened the opportunity 
for grace to come into your life and to come into my life so that we could gain access to God. He opened a door that no man could open, but he closed a door that no man could close. And that is he closed the door to death. He closed the door to guilt. He closed the door to shame. Everything you've gone through in your life up until this point can all be erased under the grace of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. And so the teaser, there's a promise coming that someone was going to be able to do all of that. Which brings us to our next point, which is act one. So act one is the free gift. Turn to your neighbor and say free gift. Act one is the, is the free gift. And so John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now here's the deal, folks. I, I have a five-year-old son, Jabin. I love him dearly. What made the free gift so amazing is this, is that Jesus laid his life down, and that was impressive. That was something, man. But God gave his son. See, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world, he gave his son. It doesn't say for Jesus loved the world so much he gave his life. It does say that later, but John 3.16 talks about something very special. You see, I would love to say that I could give my life for any of you, all right? There's some of you, I'm not going to lie to you, you're walking the line, okay? I'm just letting you know. Some of you ain't quite made it into that camp yet. No, I'm just kidding. But John 3.16 says, for God's love, he gave his son. I believe that I could lay my life down if it came down to it for anyone in this room. But I couldn't tell you, and I'll tell you right now, if it came down to my son having to die so that you could live, you're toast. I'm sorry. You're just, you're up in arms. I'm not, it's, it's not going to happen. Because I love him more than I love any of y'all. Okay, and if you got kids, you can love them more than you love me. That's all right. I'll accept that. But here's the deal. God so loved the world, he gave his son. The free gift that is available to you and to me is an eternal life, but it comes through the free gift, which is Jesus. As a matter of fact, we're going to jump down to Ephesians 2.8. And it says this, for it is by grace that you have been saved. If you're a believer in Jesus, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. In other words, you can't buy yourself this. Can't go to Macy's, all right? Can't go to the Apple store with all the shiny stuff. This is not from you. This is a free gift from God. And for you and for me, this free gift made a way for us. You see, a lot of times we tend to think that we can, that we can be good enough to earn heaven. I love talking to people sometimes, and I'll say, man, do you, uh, you know, what is your faith? You know, do you believe in Jesus? They're like, I go to church. I'm like, okay, well, do you believe in, like, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I go to such and such church. I'm like, I think you're missing it. Because if we think that salvation, if we think that being saved is a list of checkboxes of doing the right things and not doing the wrong ones, we're missing it. Jesus didn't come to make us good. He came to make us new. I'm going to say it again for some of y'all in the back. He didn't came to make us good. He came to make us new. And if you're still trying to be an old person living a good life, it's never going to work. And for many of us, we tried that for years, and we couldn't figure out why we were always so angry and frustrated and tired and exhausted. And it's because we were trying to put lipstick on a pig. Come on, somebody. You can't, you can't do it. But when Jesus comes on the scene, he comes to make us brand new. 
And so the free gift is here that God gave us. Act two is that he came and he lived a perfect life. He came and lived a perfect life. And for you and for me, this is important because the the Bible says that he was tempted with everything on earth. The same way you and I are tempted, he was tempted. You know what that tells me? That there were some scandalous ladies back in the Bible too. Come on, somebody. Hey, Jesus, nod. That stiff arm was strong for Jesus. He doesn't nah. But we see that we see that Jesus, the Bible says he was tempted with everything in the sun. Why is that important? He had to be tempted with everything so that he could step into the place of you and I who have been tempted with everything. You see, Jesus couldn't pay the price for someone that he didn't have the opportunities to sin like, but choose not to. So he lived a perfect life. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us this. He says, he made him who knew no sin. That means he, he had the opportunity to sin, but he didn't know it. Therefore, he didn't act on it. He didn't commit to it. He didn't have any sin in his life. He knew he who knew no sin to be sin. That means he became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he, he knew no sin. He had the opportunity to sin, but he didn't. The perfect life is important for this because as Jesus had the opportunity to sin and he chose not to, what happened then is that God is perfection, all right? And God cannot be surrounded by and close to sin. I'm a, let's, let's go back to the who's blown it, right? Where are we at? Blown it, messed up. The whole nine, right? Put my name on that list. The rest of y'all just blew it because you're lying, all right? So, no, like, we've all messed up. We've all blown it, right? Some of us got a dirtier rap sheet than the other. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I stole that Bubblicious one time from the store, right? Some of us are on the list that robbed the guy that was delivering the Bubblicious. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So, anyways, the point is, is that we've all blown it. Therefore, we are separated from God because sin cannot enter into his presence, Therefore, Jesus had to live a perfect life so that he could eliminate our sin and give us access back to God. And when he gave us access back to God, he did something that no one else could do, which is act three, which is he defeated death. He defeated death. Come on, you can put your hands together for Jesus on that one. I know you're writing, but you can do that. He defeated death. But here's the deal. He didn't just defeat the, the, the physical death. He died on the cross. And the Bible says that he went to hell and he took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. And, and what, what that means there is that he literally overpowered death so that he could turn death in reverse. And Jesus did in the physical what he made possible in the spiritual And so that when he reversed death in the physical, he went and then he resurrected three days later. And when he resurrected three days later, he made possible for you and I to resurrect spiritually as we put our faith in him. In other words, he died, but he came back to life. And for us, when we were born, we were born into sin. Therefore, we were born into an eternal death, which is hell, which is what our sin would lead us to without Jesus. So we were born into death, but he made possible a spiritual resurrection because of his physical resurrection. Easter is about Jesus coming back to life so that you and I could be brought back to life through grace and through mercy and through who Jesus is. 
So Jesus took death, and death is a take-only situation. Death takes, and it takes, and it takes. And you don't see death given back, all right? You, don't, you can cry, you can pray, but death doesn't give back. But when Jesus got a hold of death, he turned it in reverse and took something that only takes, 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 and he said, give. And therefore, now we have the opportunity to step into an eternity of life because Jesus overpowered death. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together for Jesus one more time. You see, Matthew 28, 6, I want to go back to that scripture I read earlier. It says, he is not here, the angel said. He has risen, just as he said. We've got a story of a man in our church whose life has been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to take just a moment and we want to watch that for a second. So have a look. Life before TC, every Radford man drank. And that's the way it was. And if you had a barbecue, the highlight of the barbecue is the drinking, not the food. You know, and uh, if you if you got a boxing event on pay-per-view, the highlight was that was your that was an opportunity to drink. Um, and I just kind of fell I fell into that lifestyle, and I started working construction, which I was around since I was a kid. And then I started working it as a grown man. And anybody who knows construction knows sometimes that's that's part of it, let the tailgate down. And, and um, then I went through some painful things in life. You know, I lost my mother and uh, found out my son had autism. Some things just piled up and my way around it was, let's just see how much I can drink tonight. And then it turned into a popularity thing to where I'll, I'm the host. Everybody's coming to my house. Everybody loves it here. I can't let them down. I got to, you know, drink, 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 scream, swing from the chandeliers, dance all over the place. Um, I can't dance, but anyway, um, I guess that that at the end, that's what it turned into was I had to be the, you know, hold a certain reputation that I thought I, I thought I had to hold. So before Jackie got in church and changed, he um, was a really really big partier, drinker, um, all the time. He would post on Facebook in the mornings, um, early, early Saturday mornings, you know, post a picture of him already drinking and, you know, can't wait to hang out tonight and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was just a big party and atmosphere with him every day. I met Christy as a friend. We were friends for probably a good year or so. We were real good friends. We got to know each other on a best friend level. And after a certain amount of time, I knew that she was the, the the woman I wanted. And then when we got to, together and we started putting it together, it was like everything was fine. Everything was good, but everything wasn't great. And I always knew s something is missing. What? I don't know, but something's missing. I hung out with him and we were friends, of course, and he started changing. I could tell a lot of things were starting to get to him. And when me and Jackie first got together, we did decide that we were going to go to church. I'd mentioned it to him, you know, I would like to start going to a church. 
And he said, definitely, he would like that too. So when we got to Transformation and they had the special needs program, it I seen in Jackie that it was like a relief that we could actually go down this path of being Christians and, and be comfortable that our autistic son is being taken care of and is actually okay enough for us to be able to do that. So it was a big relief for him. Like, he, I, it was wonderful. It wasn't until June 20th of 2015 when I said, you know, with the alcohol, that's it. I quit, I'm done. But I had to realize I can't do it alone. I quit, I surrender to you, fix it. <laughs> had to show me what to do. I had to get the faith that I could do it without it. And, you know, that again was scary too, to wonder what's it gonna be like without it. And I've lost some folks out of my life. That happens. I felt like the song, Friends in Low Places, those were my people, and that's the only people I belong to. Those folks inside that church, I can't sit with them. Who, who am I to sit with them, you know? I, I, I drink, drink, drink every night. I cut up with people, and I don't belong in there. And uh, for someone that has that feeling, I know it's hard. It hurts. But you do belong. Uh, Jesus said you belong. There's nothing as fulfilling as the life I lead right now. That old life doesn't even compare. It was a false sense of happiness. It was a, in many cases, it was a false sense of friendships. They, they were, uh, they were hinged on something. Um, so I think the drinking came from what I thought I had to do to fit in that whatever particular mold I thought it was I was supposed to fit in. I've had the feeling of that, uh, that impossible feeling that I just can't do it. I, it hurt, that hurts too, but let me be the one to tell you, you can, you can. You know, I've had my kids look at me you know, across from, from a, a, a far at a, at a party or a get together and wonder what in the world's going on with that. And, uh, and that hurts, but it's something I had to go through to wake me up, to make me grow up. Take those things and make, let them make you stronger. Don't think, well, that's all it is to it. It is what it is and keep doing it. Um, let that pain drive you. And I, I've had some good people in my life tell me that. I didn't make that up. I know that Jackie is back there. We love you, brother. Thank you for sharing your story. As we got ready for The Greatest Showman, I started listening to the soundtrack a little bit. And there was one song that stood out to me. It was actually it was just one part of one song. And I thought it, it kind of connected for some people. It says this, I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who is there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Because from then, rubble just remains. This can only be what's true. If all was lost, it's more I gain because it led me back to you. 
believe that you is Jesus. I believe that for some of you, you've been angry. The way life has gone and what you've gone through, you didn't understand and so therefore you've, you've grown cold. Your heart has grown cold and you're, you're, you're mad at God. Can I tell you something? He loves you today. And for some of us, we've become frustrated because we've seen the light go dim and we've felt the, the wind blow cold and the glitter has faded and the walls didn't hold. And everything we thought was going to be great. And we had our life mapped out in our head. And, and I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of great suggestions for God and he hadn't taken very many of them. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Because it didn't all go my way. But I want you to know something today that Jesus is here not to make everything good. He is here to make everything new. And for many of you, you've been angry because God hasn't fixed your life and God's, Jesus' intention was never to fix your life. He was to give you a brand new one. And you keep looking for him to turn things around in your life, but Jesus' desire isn't to turn things around. It's to give you a brand new one. And today I wanna to talk to you for just a second because for those of you that are angry, for those of you that have lied in your bed at night and you've held a fist up in the air or you've thought in your head that he has left you, the Bible says that he won't ever leave you and he won't ever forsake you. As a matter of fact, the Bible speaks abundantly clear that we looked at last week. The word says that he stoops low to make us great, which means he hasn't forgotten where we are. He knows that we're low, but the Bible says that he loves us so much that he's willing to stoop down to where we are to pick him up to where he is and that God loves you so much. We have a few people today that want to share their story with you in a song that I believe is going to touch your heart. And so we're going to let them sing that for us today. Guys, go ahead and come on out. This is me. 
hunt me down I'm gonna send a flag, gonna drown them out This is brave, this is Bruce This is who I'm meant to be This is me Look out, cause here I come And I'm marching on to the beat I drum I'm not scared to be seen I make no apologies This is me guys, I want to briefly wrap this up today. Because Act 4, in your notes, is right now. Right now, Romans 5, 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, a lot of us think that we need to get our life together before we come to God. And Jesus is saying, come to me and let me get your life together. Revelation 12, 11 says that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the word him there means the accuser. And I don't know about you, but I've lied awake at night in my bed and thought that life was going well and then the lies start to come in about how I'm not what God says I am, that I'm not loved, that I'm not cherished, that I'm not valued, that whatever happened in my life is gonna continue to be the rest of my life and, and now there's nothing that's ever gonna change and I'm always gonna be right where I'm at and, and things aren't ever gonna get better. And, and I wanna tell you something that we overcome that lie two ways. One by the blood of the lamb. And the blood of the lamb is a, it's a metaphor, which means that, that through Jesus, we can overcome that. You see, again, Jesus didn't come to make it better. He came to make it new. And, and we overcome through what Jesus did on the cross because when he went to the cross, he paid the price for you and me. But we don't get to overcome because we're awesome. We don't get to overcome because we're strong. We don't get to overcome because we're great. We overcome because Jesus has already gained victory over death. When he lived the perfect life, when he was the gift and then he lived the perfect life, when he defeated death, he defeated death so that you and so that I could be made brand new and we don't have to keep fighting the fight we don't have to keep listening to the lies we get to live a life that Jesus has set aside for us that is great that is good that has joy that has peace those crying nights those empty moments in life those wishes that you were someone that you're not have to go away because Jesus gets to come on the scene he can make you better than you've ever dreamed you could be he can give you more joy than you ever thought you could have he can give you more peace that can put you to sleep and not let you be restless at night. Jesus came on the scene again, not to make you better, but to make you new. There's a life for you on this earth that is everything that God destined for it to be. But more importantly, there's an eternity that waits for you 
that says you get to become everything he destined you to be and that you get to stand next to God. We preached a message last week and what we said is this, Jesus isn't here just to catch you when you fall. Jesus is here to pick you up where you belong, which is at the right hand of God. Today you belong, just like Ben, Dakota, Chris, Neil, Keisha, Kathy, Terry, Desiree, Karen, Anna, Brittany, Gina, Marcy, Tiffany, Charity, Kathy, Tommy, Kenny, and Tim. You belong. Because Jesus has made the way for you. Which brings me to my last point, Act 5. And that's your eternity. The Bible says that in James that this life is but a vapor, which means it's momentary. It's very short. It feels like forever because we're here. But God doesn't think in small time frames. He thinks with eternity in mind. There's a day coming where there's no more pain. There's no more tears. There's a day coming and your eternity is gonna ring out forever. And today, I wanna invite you not to join a church, even though we'd love to have you back next week. I'm not here to invite you to, to become part of something crazy. I'm here to invite you to join a family of believers that believes that when Jesus went to the cross, he came to make all things new. Second Corinthians 5:17 says this, the old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And today, I wanna offer you a moment, a chance to join all of us up here because you have a sign. We already know what the front says. Well, I don't know, but you know what the front says. Maybe it says broken. Maybe it says damaged. Maybe it says unforgiving or full of anger and bitterness, rage. Maybe it's an addiction. We all have a front to our sign. And by the grace of God, Jesus wants to give you a back to your sign. So I wanna invite you today, as we all bow our heads and we all close our eyes in this place. Jesus loves you today. want you to know that the same joy, the same opportunity for these people up here is available to you right now. All you have to do today, the Bible says we repent of our sins, which means we turn away from them, never to go back. And repenting of our sins isn't apologizing, repenting is turning from them, putting them in our past. Then the Bible says we put our faith in Jesus Christ. What you're doing there is you're putting your faith that when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for your and my sins. And today, he wants to make you brand new. And if that's you today, you say, Pastor, I want a brand new start. I want a brand new life in Jesus. I've tried it my way and it didn't work. I tried to do my things and that didn't pan out. Today, 
I need Jesus to make me brand new. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. We wanna pray for you. I'm not gonna identify you. But today, if that's you, you say, Pastor, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Would you just lift your hand right where you sit? I wanna give my life to him. God bless you, God bless you. Hands are going up all over the sanctuary for God bless you. God, yes, 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 yes. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I told you, I'm not here to embarrass you. We wanna pray for you. Is there anyone else? That's me, pastor. I wanna, I want a brand new start. I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. I want a new tribe. I want Jesus to take control. Yes, God bless you. Here's what we're gonna do, folks. We're gonna pray together. And if you're watching us online, you wanna join us for this, we, we encourage you to do that. But the whole church is gonna pray a prayer. Now here's the deal, this prayer doesn't make you saved. What this prayer is doing is admitting with your mouth what you believe in your heart. But you're not gonna pray it by yourself. The whole church is gonna pray it with you. So let's declare our faith in Jesus today. Church, let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure, make me whole. I believe you lived a perfect life. You died on the cross and you resurrected three days later. Through your life, through your death and through your resurrection, you paid the price for me. I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. So make me brand new. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, put your hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the very first time. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome.